You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is Monday, June 19th, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Get used to this face. Dave Biddle is on vacation for two weeks. <laughs> so somehow I will be uh, guiding the plow here for the next this show and the next nine. And then who knows what will happen on the 30th. I'll probably be committed. But... <laughs> You can see Bill Kerlick and Mark Porter are here. First, quick house cleaning. I came to you with this last week, and we'll do it routinely here until we are declared the winner. We are locked in a battle with other sites from 24-7 to see who can get the most YouTube subscriptions in the month of June. Why? I don't know. But it's important that we win because this is Ohio State. Michigan is in the, is in the mix. There's a Georgia podcast in the mix. There's a Penn State podcast in the mix. So please do your part. Push pause. Hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're on. If you're listening to a podcast, if you're on YouTube, we need you to subscribe simply to beat other sites in a silly off-season measure. Thanks. Now, gentlemen, happy Father's Day. Obviously, you guys spent it uh, drinking and grilling the whole time. No working. (laughs) I just, it was an incredible weekend at Ohio State. The list of visitors is one that would uh, make any recruiting guru or recruitnik blush. So what we're going to do today is let Bill have the floor to start and kind of go over all the main players from the weekend and what he thought and what's going on. Mark and I will interject with uh, our own brand of wit and wisdom here at some point and then we will wrap up by going over some stuff from late last week that these guys saw, and then we will take as many questions as possible. So, William, the floor is yours. I would say for defensive linemen, this was one of the better visit weekends we've had in quite some time. Yeah, let me start by quoting a famous philosopher and say, not so fast, my friends as the famous philosopher Lee Corso would say. Um, On Friday, I posted a breakdown of the official visitors for the weekend, and there were 10 of them. Um, 
nine of them uncommitted. And I, on, on, the, on the board, after I posted uh, that article, uh, a lot of people saying, Iowa State has no chance for any of these guys, really, or not much of a chance for any of them except one, and that being Edric Houston. Uh, that's not the way it turned out at all. Um, coming out of the weekend now, there's a lot of uh, positivity that things went very well. Um, I mentioned Edric Houston. I crystal balled him to Ohio State on, I think it was early yesterday, Sunday afternoon. Um, I really wanted to see how that official visit went, and it went extremely well. Uh, at this point, Edric is still planning to announce his decision August 22nd, but you never know. Maybe he moves it up. But in any event, I feel strongly that Ohio State is the team to beat. Um, Bill, Edric Houston, defensive lineman, Buford, Georgia. Uh, We've talked about this in in detail. Buford is Gwinnett County, so I support this recruitment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's still got an Alabama official visit to go this weekend. I don't know that he's going to take that. Uh, As of yesterday, he was seriously considering not taking that visit. He didn't say for sure, but that's definitely a possibility. Um, His teammate, K.J. Bolden, things went extremely well with him. Um, Bolden also is scheduled to make an official visit to Alabama, and he was – the camp of he might not take that as well, but he did get back to me later in the day uh, on Sunday and told me he is going to go ahead and finish off, take all five official visits. He did say, though, that uh, the Auburn visit, which is scheduled for the end of September, he was going to move that one up. Didn't know exactly to when, but he's going to move that up so that he could get this process uh, taken care of sooner rather than later. But right now, I think it's a high state Georgia battle. I think it's really close. I talked to a source in Georgia yesterday, familiar with his recruitment, and he said he, that that recruitment is a lot closer than everybody has been giving it credit for. It's not a Georgia in the bag recruitment. So high state did extremely well with him. Dylan Stewart, the defensive lineman out of Washington D.C. I posted on uh, uh, what I am hearing that things went extremely well with him, and in fact. As I put it, right now, Ohio State leads for Dylan Stewart, in my opinion. Um, Will that hold up? We'll see. He still has South Carolina to go this weekend, and he is considering a few other schools. But right now, I think Ohio State is the leader for Dylan Stewart. They did extremely well with Kobe Black. Um, Not ready to call him the leader there, but they did very well with him. Uh, He's still going to visit Texas. That's kind of makes gives you pause to think because he is from Texas. Speaking of guys from Texas, um, Jordan um, Johnson Rubel, he is from Texas. He's back home in Texas now. He goes to Bradenton IMG, but he's back home in Texas now. And that one's either Ohio State or Texas. It's really pretty much that simple in my mind. He hasn't crossed TCU or Michigan off his list, but it'd be a Huge upset, I think, if he ends up anywhere but Ohio State or Texas. So we'll see. He's going to make that official visit to Texas. Worries you because he is from Texas, but uh, his visit went extremely well. Gerby Lambert, the offensive lineman from um, uh, the Northeast, uh, really hard kid to get uh, a read on as far as what's going on. I think uh, 
even the people at Ohio State at the Woody Hayes facility don't have a strong, strong read on him. His visit went well, uh, the feeling is, but Notre Dame, he uh, definitely is considering them. Boston College is like a 20-minute drive for him away. So we'll see what happens, but at least Ohio State is, is in the running. Zabian Brown, the defensive back um, from California, I, I still think he's most likely going to stay on the West Coast, uh, but we'll see. And Peyton Woodard, I think that he's going to be a hard flip to get him off of Georgia. Uh, Southern Cal still working on him, but I think that one will be a difficult flip. And then the tenth guy is Aaron Nolan, who uh, of course already had committed to Ohio State. Nothing more, Bill. That's it. That's all you got. That's all I got. Um, how do you feel like the staff felt the weekend went? I know that it's been highly publicized that this weekend of similar ilk last year felt like a little bit of uh, too little, too late, maybe, and uh, they didn't get the guys they wanted. I getting the we're getting the same kind of crystal ball vibes on these defensive linemen. It didn't work out last year. So you're feeling much better this time around. That's fair to say. Oh, definitely. And I, and I, I think it's fair to say the staff feels uh, better about it too. I, I, no doubt in my mind, actually, that uh, they feel that the weekend was a success. Again, these guys, you know, KJ Bolden and, and Dylan Stewart, they're not going to uh, just all of a sudden tweet out at uh two o'clock on Sunday afternoon, I've committed to Ohio State. That's just not the way things are done anymore. Um, but the feeling is positive. You know, I think when you look at the defensive line, right now, uh, I like Ohio State for Edric Houston and Marquise Lightfoot. That's two huge additions to the defensive line. Uh, I also like them for Dylan Stewart right now. If Ohio State could even get one of those three, that'd be fantastic. If they get two, that's a uh, at least a three-pointer, a three-run homer. If they would get all three, that would be an absolute grand slam. And right now, I've got Ohio State in the lead for all three. Hmm, that's impressive. That kind of yeah, it's not back. over yet, but that's the way I see it right now. It does harken back to the uh, JT to a Molau draft and Jack Sawyer. And let's not forget that one came down to the wire too before it was completely put to bed. And as a comparison, Dan, I remember after those three, there were some people saying they were going to get all three, get two. I was in the camp that they were probably going to get one of them. They were not going to get all three. I said that all along many, many times. I said, I really don't see them getting two of the three. I was in the camp that I could see them getting one. Unfortunately, they didn't get all, even one of them. Um, but keep in mind, Ohio State has attacked this NIL thing much, much more effectively and better this year than they did last year. And that's, you know, in recruiting nowadays, that's a factor. And they've done a much better job. And, and you could speak on that, Dan, I'm sure. sure. Unless we forget, um, there was also an NFL draft in between those two times. And once again, Ohio State players got some serious benefit of the doubt along those lines. So that's something we want to Keep in mind, because like I say this every time we discuss this, I can tell you this. K.J. Bolden and Edric Houston expect to be playing Sunday football in three years max. So Dylan, I yeah, promise that. Yeah, and Dylan Stewart as well. Oh, no question. Um, 
Aaron Nolan was also here, Billy. Book it, like, uh, went to the Elite 11. And depending on which service you look at, the one I pay attention to, um, it's called 24-7 Sports. Julian Sand, number one. Dylan Riola, number two. Aaron Nolan, number three. Is that how you expected it to go? The on three people and some others had your boy Ethan Grunkenmeyer up there a little bit. Uh, the Florida State signal caller got some love. So how do you feel about the Aaron Nolan situation? You can both comment on this, especially with uh, we talked so much about the class behind them. But Aaron Nolan has really kind of taken his spot atop the recruiting class. And anyone who watched any of the interviews with him over the weekend with Josh Pate or during the week with uh, Steve Wolfong, like I said, he's one of those kids that when he talks, you start to feel like uh, he's more mature than, than we are, and I'm a lot older than him. So Aaron Nolan was here. Obviously, the staff's got to be thrilled, Bill. Yeah, I'll go real quick and then let Mark go. Um, yeah, he uh, he did very well out there from all accounts, and 247 Sports was all over the Elite 11. They did a fantastic job, and uh, all of them from, um, you know, Wilt Fong to uh, – Blair Angulo is tweeting and so on and so forth. They did a really good G-Mission Pate. They did a great job out there. Um, but uh, obviously, you know, uh, from everything I saw, again, I was here because I wanted to cover the camps and then this official visit weekend. But from everything I saw is that uh, Aaron Nolan did quit, acquitted himself extremely well, and I'm not surprised. He's an outstanding quarterback and a very personable guy, too. So, you know, he played well with the interviews and everything. I think it was a major positive for Ohio State and Aaron Nolan. Oh. Go ahead, Mark. Do you guys finally need me now? <laughs> 13 minutes into the podcast, I finally uh, – Okay, so we're featuring uh, Mark is more of a third and fourth quarter guy. He likes to kind of close the deal. So we're after if you hang on after the break, man, are you going to be happy? Go ahead. Your time is coming in a few seconds when we talk about the camps, Mark. You know, it, it's it's interesting following a quarterback competition from afar where you really can't see it, and you're following tweets and you're following uh, reaction and stuff like that. And so it's really hard to for me to say, yeah, I have an honest opinion on what happened there. Uh, I'll just tell you from watching quarterbacks over the last month, uh, I've seen Ryan Montgomery probably a dozen, maybe half a dozen times in the last year. Uh, each workout's different. Uh, each day's different. Drills are different. Uh, the Elite 11 does an unbelievable job tracking spin rate and velocity of balls. And I mean, they're really crawling up the you know what and figuring out everything they can about these guys. And sometimes you look too much into a stat like that or you. You put too much weight in it. You're not, you're not sure what to do. But uh, regardless, the guys at the top all finished where they should be. All those names are there. I'm glad you uh, mentioned Hunter Grunkemeyer. He's one of my biggest stock risers I've seen this summer. Uh, really, if, if Ohio State lost Aaron Nolan and they got him, I wouldn't be bothered. That's how much I think of him. So for him to test out in the other side of the country with guys who don't usually see Ohio kids, uh, that jives with what I saw. Uh I saw St. Clair and Ryan Montgomery work out at Michigan, and then I saw him work out the next day, or at least Ryan worked out earlier and Tavian later in the day at Ohio State. And the, the workouts are different. different. I mean, just saying. So I wouldn't look too much into a ranking that those are final and one is one and seven is seven. Uh, I think they're all in rare air out there. Uh, but as we get in the second half of the show, I'll talk more about the Ohio State camp and how those guys actually threw it. 
Yeah, we're going to yeah. take a break. But here's the thing, Bill. Here's one thing I find really, really interesting about the way things finished up at the Elite 11 and the programs involved. The winner was, let's use 24-7, and the winner of the event was Julian Sand. You remember that name because that was the first guy Ohio State kind of identified in the class that they wanted. Number two was Dylan Rayola, who was committed to Ohio State. And then number three was Aaron Nolan. But the programs they're going to, San is going to Alabama, Rayola to Georgia, and Nolan to Ohio State. All three of those programs expect to win the national championship this year, and their fans do too. All three have a new quarterback they're breaking in. With those guys in the wings, that puts more pressure on the guys who are going in there now. Let me tell you something. Tyler Buckner, who transferred from Notre Dame to Alabama, the first interception thrown, you're going to see the search Google search for Julian Sand go way up. And they know what they're getting. Same for Georgia and same for Ohio State. So I do find it quite interesting that the three programs that have somewhat separated themselves from the pack have the three top quarterbacks and then are all breaking in new guys this year. So it should be quite a dramatic situation. Bill, I cut you off. Go ahead. Uh, Real quick. I I need to go back. Uh, I did uh, forget about, shouldn't ever forget about it. One guy that visited, made an official visit to high state this weekend, uh, Corey and Gibson, the defensive back. He also was there, made an official visit. And, uh, you know, he's a kid that uh, is in the mix too. Again, they're in, uh, they're in really great shape as far as recruiting defensive backs for this class. Uh, the other thing I got to mention is that uh, listening to Mark talk about, you know, evaluating these guys at um, uh, events like the Elite 11, um, quarterbacks to me, you know, the, the final evaluation is how you play on the field. And that can be a whole lot different than how you play in shorts. And I'll give you a great example. Let's go back to uh, Joe Germain. Um, I remember uh, when he was being recruited by Ohio State, uh, a friend of mine was at Tulane, coach at Tulane. He, uh, my, the best man, man at my wedding was a coach at Tulane at the time. And he said, what in the world is Ohio State doing recruiting Joe Germain. That kid can't play here. We don't need, we're not even looking at him anymore. And lo and be, you know, probably if you saw Joe Germain in shorts and all, you might think that same thing, but you put Joe Germain on the field and he was pretty good. He, he won a Rose Bowl at Ohio State, if I remember correctly, and did a pretty nice job. Uh, it kind of just goes to show you that, you know, at quarterback, it's not always what you do in shorts. It's what you do on the field as much as at any position. Took out Jake the Snake, if I remember correctly. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I want to say this, like having young quarterbacks myself and seeing how much training they go through and how many slants they throw and hitches and throws and seams they throw, um, a lot of these quarterbacks are what I would call tuned up on air, meaning they can get through the workout. They've all seen how to do this and roll with no one in their face and get their footwork right and their timing right and they're in sync, get them on the field when they're out of sync, and they got to throw off schedule, and they got to play football, and nothing that happens at the Elite 11 will mean anything, absolutely nothing. Uh, throwing bags at their feet or having uh, guys run at them while they're throwing does not duplicate the pressure, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not making fun of the Elite 11. I'm just kind of backing up what Bill said. 
there's a lot going on with these quarterback evaluations. And, you know, if you're a quarterback, you, you've, you've, you've been through this rodeo before. It's, it's not the first time you're out there going through a lot of this stuff. Uh, for instance, when I saw the Ryan Montgomery workout at Finley, uh, you know how the NFL teams go to the campuses and they watch the quarterbacks workout and it's a scripted workout? You know that quarterback has been through that workout 36 times in a row where it's the 37th time when everybody shows up and it's so in sync and it's like a, a dance recital. Everybody knows where to be. They all know what yard line they catch everything on. And I think these quarterback workouts, yeah, I wouldn't put all my stock into some of them. I'd rather see what they do when the bullets are flying. I'm tempted to tell a quick story about my son who played quarterback in youth football <laughs> and, uh, and flag. It was all fine. And then I don't cut back into the grain. You're not juking everybody. <laughs> the hardest hit he ever took at quarterback. I think he was 10 years old. was on the second play of the game. And we talk about that game all the time. Guess who doesn't remember it? I remember it fine. So it's a lot different once you get hit. Um, a lot of guys can throw, but when you're about to get hit in the mouth, it's a lot different. So Ohio State obviously has guys who are tougher than that. And if Mark's uh, training in the backyard with all the bats and the strength training with his kids right now works out, maybe they'll be there too. All right, let's take a quick break here at the 20-minute mark. Good Lord. That's an, it's a lot of... It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. First half. Okay. Take us back to the camps. Uh, you guys were there. We are going to, don't worry if you have questions about the recruiting weekend, we will finish with that. But we want to go back to the camps from the past few days mark has been all over and has seen the best ohio has to offer and even some imports gentlemen the floor is yours mark take it away okay so uh the last podcast was thursday morning and right. we reviewed the earlier camps and obviously there was a camp thursday and going back it seems like that was a while ago jumping past that recruiting weekend but there was some action uh, one of the first guys i'm kind of looking at the list here about who i checked off when i was watching <laughs> trey mcnutt son of a former buckeye uh, Shaker Heights player, defensive back. Uh, he's a taller kid. I want to say around six foot, just off the top of my head. I'm not sure of his exact height. He might be taller. Uh, I think he might be a safety in college, but he's a safety with corner skills. When Coach Walton was uh, getting him reps, he was press man-to-man corner right in your face. And that fits with what these kind of safeties have to do, or at least in most defenses. One of those safeties is rolling down to cover the slot receiver, uh, Trey McNutt looks like a guy who could do that for a 2025 kid. Uh, he certainly impressed me. He'll be another kid next year that, you know, he could commit early. Some defensive ends that really aren't on the Ohio State radar, uh, Leon McKenna from Elder and Trey uh, Regovich from St. Ed's. Uh, they have a lot of Mac offer, Mac and Big Ten offers, but they're not going to be Ohio State-type guys. The running back group, 
Marquise Davis from Cleveland Heights, the speedster. He transferred over from Glenville to Cleveland Heights. Uh, defensive back, he was with the running backs, right, Bill? And, boy, is he explosive. He's one of those guys, when he puts his foot in the ground, you can tell he can run. Uh, Bo Jackson is getting bigger and bigger, so I expect the he could play linebacker and safety rumors or comparisons or evaluations to be out there. Uh, he's working on running back. He's been offered at running back. He's a bruiser at running back. You know, like Bill and I tried to see him a couple of times last year. He's a little banged up, but in shorts, he's definitely passing the test. Uh, Mason Wilhelm, you may remember that last name, a defensive end from St. Ed's. Uh, a 2026 kid was there, so we were kind of keeping an eye on him. Grant Beerman from Lakota West sort of blew up lately. Denim Cook from Bishop Hartley is another younger guy that kind of is a linebacker that's going to blow up in the Columbus area. Uh, some of the other big names and the guys that sold the show were the quarterbacks. Ryan Montgomery worked out earlier in the day. I guess he had basketball later in the day. Worked out the day before in uh, Michigan and won the MVP. Uh, Tavian St. Clair was there, and I think I previewed him pretty heavily that morning and said, can't wait for him to put on the show. And I think everybody may have came away the way I felt, but boy, he, he's really natural. I mean, he can throw it with the natural slotting, but he can every, he can every now and then give you a sidearm or an off schedule throw or what, something like that. And it just looks natural. It doesn't look like, uh, he has a sidearm. It looks like every now and then he can do it. Uh, I really think he is big Bill, do you, I think I had him over six, four. I mean, I, I think I kind of previewed that last week where he's going to stand behind center and he's going to be a presence back there. Uh, the head coach's son at Akron, Coach Morehouse, had a son there. Uh, he's playing at uh, Hawking High School. He was a quarterback, did a good job. We may be hearing about him because he's a younger guy. Uh, let me see if I do. Oh, the linebacker group, Dante McClellan from uh, Camp McKinley, will be a 2025 linebacker. He's an athletic guy. Same with Cam Thomas from Lakota West, 2026 linebacker who stood out. Uh, those guys can really run. I didn't get there 40 times, but I can assure you they were some of the better in the group. Uh, let me see if there's anybody else on my list here. But Bill, Quick question uh, I want to ask Mark. Quick question: One of the, every time I hear someone talk about Tavian Sinclair, St. Clair, now they all mention his physical growth. How they saw him last summer, and he was, you know, six one, 190 pounds, and now he's like six three and a half, and the shoulders, and everything like that. So he's growing. You know, that's always. If you take a year off and then see a guy who you love this talent and then the body matches, I can imagine that makes you. Uh, I, I think his dad, I think his dad told me that he was 187 pounds around Christmas is kind of what it was. That's how much has happened in that same time frame. You know, the and that, what's that coincide with getting out of football season and going into the weight room. So, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, he has a Dylan Riola type build to him now. I remember seeing Dylan at the camp last year thinking, wow, that looks like uh, an Ohio State quarterback right now. Tavian has that presence. Same with Ryan. Ryan Montgomery's the same thing. You know, a month ago on the podcast, we were talking about how he was in the weight room with his brother. So it's nice to see uh, Ryan live up to the hype. When you get offered as a freshman by Michigan, obviously you're not a Michigan quarterback yet or a college quarterback, but he's lived up to the hype. And Savian, uh, Tavian St. Clair, I think delivered what I thought he was going to do at the camp uh, last Thursday. By the way, Ryan's brother, Luke Montgomery, looks really good now, too. I saw oh. him uh, last week and uh, kind of joked with him, uh, 
you're looking like this after six months at Ohio State. What are you going to look like in a year? He he looks really good too. And in, and again, I I think I had him, and a lot of people did. Is he might not be a tackle because he might be six three or six two. Boy, if if he's not six five or almost six six, I mean, Bill, he he was tall. I mean, I I couldn't believe him. Say with uh, as we digress a little bit, J T Tumalu, wow. Did he get longer? I mean, I, I joked with Bill. I'm like, I'm going to go stand over there next to him to see if he's, like, really as tall as I think he is. And he's first round early in the draft tall. Like, he checks a lot of measurables for the next level. Uh, I don't mean to digress to that. But it is impressive as you follow these kids and you watch them as freshmen in high school and then you see him standing on the Ohio State sideline, just a man amongst boys. And, and it's like they look at the kids working out like, yeah, we would just go out there and destroy all of you. And the guys out there working out are studs. So it's just it's a whole nother level. Ohio yeah. State development. I was going to say it, it, it's helpful even for guys like you who have seen so many prospects just to get the real perspective of what it's like at the tippy, tippy top of the talent. And it's it's staggering, dude. They're all outliers. You know, like I said, in the NBA, they say don't don't draft the outlier. But if you miss the outlier, you're fired. Um, and, and, that, and that really is it. Like you, you look around at the kids and they truly are the outliers of outliers. Uh, it's just, it's a great way to frame it. And until you, they always make you do a double take, you know, like, wow, I see good kids every day, but he's like, it just, it, it, it never fails that I get that same reaction over and over because it's, it's not that often. And not every Ohio state recruit is an outlier. They may have five kids that are just really good. And have a lot of talent, but boy, those outliers just you look at them like what don't what trait don't they have? And I know I'm going on about it, but look, I tell this story all the time. The one camp I went to X number of years ago, they told him kind of an undersized receiver from Indiana, go back and have a better senior year and we'll offer you. And it was Terry McLaurin, and he's now one of the best receivers on planet Earth. So it's a high bar in there, man. You know what I'm saying? You're going with you're going up against literally the best wide receiver, especially a wide receiver now. You're literally going up against the best prospects your age on earth. So that can be overwhelming which, if you think about it that way, but that's actually what's happening. Which I almost forgot about one of the best receivers at the Ohio State camp. Peyton Cook, the freshman from uh, Akron Hoban. He was ironically the MVP of the Michigan camp the day before. So 2026 kid. Uh, so when you say high bar for receiver – yeah, he's he's doing pretty good with the Michigan offer as a freshman. I'm not By sure way, how ironic that is, but let's go on. Go ahead. Another kid that uh, uh, is already passing the look test, and Mark saw him too, walking around at camp with Arvell Reese from Cleveland Glenville. He's only been there, uh, gosh, uh, a couple weeks. That kid is going to grow and be developed into a beast, I think, and I mean that in a very good way. He's a really good-looking young man. Yeah, some of those longer, uh, you know, the longer six foot three, two something guys. Once Mick gets his hands on them early, man, they they pass the look test. Very, they're first guys off the bus types, man. You know what I mean? Just very impressive. Right, yeah. A lot of these questions. Go ahead. And and not to digress into nutrition, but I, college coaches always tell me. Wait till we get uh, 6,000 uh, calories of jet fuel put into this kid instead of the three meals a day he's barely getting now. And I'm telling you, you walk out of these weight rooms and you see that Gatorade bar and that protein bar and 
that is jet fuel for the muscles of these oh. kids that, I mean, they're dealing with the greatest nutrients and programs that you can. So, yeah, like get a kid out of high school who's eating a school lunch and a, and a half-assed breakfast on his way out of the door in the morning to we're going to give you real stuff now. It's, it's just it's amazing what it does. It's science. We've literally gone to the point where there's computers. Uh, if you watch the basketball players work out, I don't know if the guy, they she looks like they're all wearing like these tiny little flak jackets. That's to monitor all your circadian rhythms and all this other crap, man. So, and, and, your, and your miles per hour and your max speed and your be best, your best change of direction and your greatest acceleration from zero to whatever. I mean, it tracks everything. You're like a human video game anymore. I don't know if Ohio State is doing this yet, but I know one program tracks your sleep. And if you're not at a certain level the next day, they're like, you know, we don't want you to do this much because you're not getting enough sleep and stuff. So I think I, we need to I, we need to I install need that around plan. here. I think if we could get that instituted at Bucknuts to make sure I'm getting enough <laughs> sleep, I think that, that would be something I would be all for. Oh my God. I would give anything for better sleep. If I got cheated out of some sleep, I'd expect a reward the next day. All right, Bill, let's wrap this thing up here. There's some questions, but uh, some of them are for people who may not have caught the beginning or just want to hear the good news again. How many defensive ends do we land in this class, Bill? At least uh, at least three defensive end edge guys. At least three uh, is what they're shooting for, and I definitely could see four if they get the right ones. But uh, we talked about Edric Houston. We talked about Dylan Stewart. Um, we talked about Marquise Lightfoot. Those guys, if they want in, they're in. Absolutely no-brainers. And uh, there could be – I mean, don't forget, there's a guy out there that is really good that's not even going to make his official visit to Ohio State until the fall, uh, a guy named Booker Pickett Jr. Uh, an Ohio State legacy. Don't forget him as well. He's a guy that uh, – I don't know that I would crystal ball into Ohio State. In fact, I wouldn't right now. But he's, he's going to make an official visit to Ohio State and – only had like uh, 30 sacks as a junior. Only 30? Only talk about this guy 30 times a day. Aaron Scott and Bryce West, Bill, legal obligation. Both of you can weigh in here. Uh, the longer this goes, the more fear I, I hear from those, especially with Scott, when it comes to uh, that team up north. Uh, I'm sticking with my crystal ball picks on both of them. Uh, both uh, Scott and Bryce West visit Ohio State official visit this coming weekend, and I'm sticking with it until something happens to make me change my mind. I'm sticking with Ohio State on those two. But again, you know, Michigan is is trying everything, and Mark can attest to this. They can to get those two. Yeah, who who would I be to question the dean on that one? But yeah, the sooner they the sooner they commit, the better. Yep. Yeah, that that will be that's for sure. Uh, one comment there was that Aaron Nolan did better than Jaden Davis at Elite 11. Um, that seemed to be consistent. So I don't think anyone. But there's, there's a year difference between them, right? Wasn't Jaden Davis a year behind Aaron Nolan? So you give them now? Yeah, they're, they're tw 2024. They're both 24, yeah. All right. Okay, last one. That's what I was looking for from Brass Task. Can we talk about the kid from Tampa, Griffin, a big old QB? You heard the comparisons. Did anyone hear them? To Timothy Tebow. So once that's involved, let's talk about it. And quarterback, this is the kind of place where we can talk about 
anybody. So uh, your thoughts on Griffin, the big old QB that we saw from uh, Florida. Well, first of all, he's a 2026 quarterback. And that's the first thing I'll say is, if I would have walked into there, had no idea who Will Griffin is or, you know, where he's from, or in, I would have said he is a senior. He is a 2024 kid. That's how big and impressive he looks. He's a big kid, does not look, play, throw like a freshman. He got an Ohio State offer, after, not right after the camp, but the next day. Uh, was at Michigan before that camp, got an offer there. He's uh, he's a big-time prospect, no question about it. Mark, thoughts? That I need to go watch him. Okay. Yeah. That I, I haven't from Tampa. I really haven't schooled myself on him, but I'm I am intrigued. Seeing seeing the Tim Tebow tagline by anybody's going to get me to watch it. No doubt. That's why. I, I, I hope he has at least a better throwing motion. There's a bunch of questions on here about Ryan Montgomery and Tavian St. Clair. I think we need to let that one bake a little bit because we. We can talk about it all we want until one of them pulls the trigger here. I think we are in going to play the waiting game. And uh, look, there's worse problems to have than two elite prospects in Ohio ready to possibly join the fold. Okay. And I, and I will say that I talked to uh, talking to people on Thursday with Tavian there. He's not, um, you know, a lot of people wonder, would he move his timetable up and just go ahead and commit in the next week or so? Not going to happen. Uh, he's going to continue to do his evaluations and all that. Uh, the next step for him will be to get his uh, select group of schools, so to speak. And uh, High State's going to be in there. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but he's going to, you know, he's not going to make a hash rush decision. He's going to take his time. It's not going to happen. Unless something drastic changes, and I don't expect it to, he's not going to make his decision before the start of the football season. Tremendous. We will have these guys back on Thursday and then again on Monday and Thursday next week because with Dave out of town, I cannot be scheduling out a bunch of new people. I need quality and I need a guarantee. Tomorrow, Steve Wolfong will be here fresh off his shocker. He got this assignment to go to the Elite 11 at Redondo Beach. And uh, pulled that one in. But we'll have all the intrigue from the Elite 11 and stuff like that. So that should be fun. And once again, if you have not subscribed and you're still listening, you're not doing things correctly. Uh, Appreciate it. Don't forget, we will be at camp tomorrow, Mark and I. There will be the last one-day camp we'll be covering that on Bucknuts. So keep it locked in here. Um. Mr. Bucknuts, his New York deli has a VIP opening this afternoon that I've been fortunate <laughs> enough to be invited to. So I'll report back on the corned beef. But until then, gentlemen, have a nice day. Have a good one.